Hello, listeners. Welcome to PR Hangover. I'm Emma Nelson, and you're listening to a public relations podcast brought to you by Grand Valley State University's PRSSA chapter. Grab a cup of coffee, relax, and get ready to talk all things PR. Before I talk with this week's guest, I'm going to introduce you to one of our eboard members. Hello, listeners. Welcome to PR Hangover. Miss Katie is here to talk all about her eboard position. We're so excited excited to have you. Katie, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I feel honored. So if you just want to start off and give a little introduction about yourself. Sure. So my name is Katie Vollmering. Um, I'm a senior this year at Grand Valley. Um, I'm studying advertising and public relations with a writing minor. Um, and right now I am the VP of professional development for PRSSA. It's technically my second year um, with the chapter. I really started to get involved um, last winter semester. I was on Grand PR, um, still am, and then also attended pretty much every PRSSA meeting that we've had. So yeah um so if you want to just get into the tasks of your position kind of what skills you find valuable to have for it just anything like that sure so um as a vp of professional development what it typically looks like is um scheduling tours throughout the academic year for our um you know chapter members to attend um we typically travel throughout the state um not much outside of the state just because we want to make sure that we have enough driving time driving time as well as enough time with agencies that makes the drive worthwhile um but this year it's a little different just because of covid i mean everything that prssa is doing um as you know is virtual so that has changed my role a little bit um so we are still doing tours except they're going to be virtual Um, It's not necessarily like the panel idea that Sam went ahead and created um, with a couple other schools, which is like amazing. I'm really excited for that. Um, Instead, uh, agency, I contacted agencies and either proposed two ideas to them. One would be they record a tour of their office um, on their own and they send it back into me. Or Adrian actually suggested um, kind of a rapid interview session, kind of like the um, Vogue does the 70, 73 questions, I think, 73 or 78 questions with Vogue, um, where that is more, we, I have a Zoom session with um, the professional that I reached out to, and they talk a little about themselves, I ask them questions about PR, um, their agency, things like that. And then I, um, once that is recorded, I upload that to our YouTube channel. So all the videos end up on our YouTube um, so that members can see them. They are privatized, though, so you have to join an email list, um, which is in the newsletter if anyone wants to join. Um, or they can contact me um, via email, too, and I can set them up with it. Uh, but basically, yeah, you have to sign up to get that content um, and to hear from them. Skill set wise, um, definitely being not being afraid to put your foot out there. That's one thing that I struggled with 
at the beginning, I was like scared to get going just because like I hadn't done anything like that before. That's not really what was in what I thought I had signed up for, which is completely fine. Like roll with the punches. Everyone else is doing it. I didn't feel like alone in my in the process at all just because um, everyone else is kind of moving around with their schedule as well because of the pandemic. But um, so definitely like don't be afraid to get rejected. Put yourself out there. What would you say is the most rewarding part of your position? It definitely excites me to be making these connections with professionals. Um, and like I said, I had that first, my first rapid interview yesterday and it just was really nice to hear like these people who have been in the industry for 10, 15, 20 years have had the same fears as you as a student. Um, but also like creating a good environment for our members and making sure that at least providing them with opportunity that can maybe either excite them about their future or um, providing them with role models or resources outside of Grand Valley's, um, you know, circle. Um, that's pretty rewarding too. And just creating content um, for our members and putting a good, keeping up the good name of Grand Valley's PRSSA chapter. Um, what has been your favorite <laughs> PRSSA memory? I would say last year I was on um, the Creative-On team for Grand PR, and I will say it was one of the hardest things that I've had to do. Um, it was really stressful just like planning that event and getting it all together. Unfortunately, because of COVID, it never actually happened, but we literally the week that it was supposed to happen, school got canceled and we had to cancel it. But just getting to that point of being on the same page with my teammates and like having done all this work and struggled so hard throughout like the last two months and then getting to the point where like we're finalized we're ready to go I would say that was a really good moment as well now to just to close do you have any advice for ad and PR students I think kind of going back to like don't be afraid to put your foot out there foot in the door get yourself out there um you may be shaky at first but like really just Find who you are, and when you do, like, just hang on to that, and you can put that in your work, no matter what type of work you're doing. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining me today. I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners did as well, so thank you for sharing your insight with us. Of course. Thank you, Emma. Hello, PR Hangover listeners. Welcome to today's episode. Anthony, welcome to PR Hangover. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, Excited to be here. Perfect. If you just want to start off and give us a little introduction about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Anthony Yepes. I'm based out of New York City. I'm Associate Director of Social Strategy at Digitas North America, a marketing agency, and um, focusing on clients such as Bank of America and a list of others and uh, been in the social media industry for for the past 12 years or so, both on the agency and and brand side and um, just super passionate about social media, very active, you know, on Twitter and LinkedIn and also created a social media manager Slack community with about, you know, 500 plus members in it where we just, you know, talk everything around the industry and just help, help one another out and, you know, just try to really help grow the, um, you know, the perception and, and respect 
you know, around social media um, as a profession and, and as an industry, you know, overall. So um, yeah, just live and breathe social media and, and super pumped to speak with you today about that. Yay. I love that. I mean, how can you not? You're surrounded by social media, so I bet it makes life easier when you love it. So, oh, yeah. so if you want to just describe your average workday for us, um, yeah, anything that that entails. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, being back, you know, at an agency now, um, you know, I was at a brand for the past four years and just started up with, with Digitas, but you know, my typical days, a lot of, you know, obviously organizing and, and coordinating with other teams within the social department and, and, you know, coordinating also with the client. Um, so a lot of planning and reviewing of content and strategies and performances um, and also working with my team on just finding ways to optimize you know, some of the content that we have already published and things that are upcoming within the social calendar and, you know, making sure our strategy is tight, um, you know, against what we're seeing, you know, from the performance of our content and working closely with, you know, analytical <clears throat> analytics and, and teams there, we call them our DNA team. Um, and just always making sure that, you know, we're headed in the right direction. Um, we're listening to not only our community, but also listening you know, to the industry as a whole across social um, and just making sure things are just, you know, headed in the right direction. So a lot of phone calls and just a lot of, you know, just making things, making sure things are on track. Now, what specific trends have you seen throughout your career? I mean, I know that's quite broad, especially because, yeah. you know, it's social media, but what trends, I guess, stick out to you? Um, and this can be both positive or negative. Yeah, I would say that trend-wise, especially lately, um, you know, I think social media users are becoming a lot more savvy, and they're they're really looking to be connected with, you know, on a deeper level. Um, I think social media has been very surface level for a while, and obviously with you know the pandemic and and everyone being you know in lockdown or you know in, in close quarters. Um, there's a lot more time spent on social and people want to connect deeper with a brand. They want to connect deeper with their friends and just any account that they follow. So, you know, I think community engagement and just, you know, really engaging back with your audience has become a, a super big trend. Um, and, and another thing I've also noticed is there's a lot more creators on social media now than, than before. And, and thanks to platforms like TikTok and and everything else that's on there, people are just becoming a lot more comfortable in front of the camera. Um, and I think it's a great thing. And, I, you know, you love to see that because I think on on the brand side, it, it's causing us to kind of become more creative as well. You know, you, you have your average person that's not tied to social media in any way, making great content and they have a huge following and they become influential. So as a brand, you look at that and say, hey, you know, that's what the audience wants. They want real organic content. They want to be talked to like a human being. They want to be able to relate to you. And that's how you succeed on social media. So, you know, those two trends have really stuck out for me, you know, over the past couple of years. Now, this is just a random question, but what is your favorite platform? Um, my favorite platform is probably TikTok. Yeah, I absolutely love TikTok. Just from being able to just jump on there and just consume content, you know, and you kind of get hooked for hours. You actually have to like be careful and, and not spend your entire day scrolling. But you know, I just really love the the creative nature there. And I think the algorithm is just perfect. You know, you really get things that you truly care about. 
Um, and if you're looking for something else, it's easy to find. And it's not always just you know, dancing or skits. There's a lot of useful you know, tutorials and how-tos and utility-based type content, which I think is amazing. Um, so TikTok is definitely up there for me. And I think you know, close second um, is Twitter. Um, just because of, you know, me being in social and in the behavior of me wanting to kind of connect with other people and just share thoughts. Twitter has been, you know, a lifesaver for me over the past, you know, 14 months or so. Um, so I would say, you know, definitely TikTok and Twitter are up there for me. I love that. I, my, my listeners are going to want to know. So I had to make sure to ask. Um, <laughs> So I know that we kind of touched on this with trends, but are there any other either positive changes or negative changes? Nothing that really stands out. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to consider it negative, but it is an interesting topic. You know, the whole stories thing and, and every platform having a stories feature, um, you know, from LinkedIn to Pinterest to YouTube. And I think one side of, of the industry and just people in social in general they look at it as like, oh, copycat. Everyone's obviously copying one another. Like, where's the creativity? You know, where's the innovation? But on the flip side, if you think about it, it's I think it's more about vertical short form content and user behavior being more tailored to that. And platforms realizing that, hey, like if this is the if this is how users are behaving on platforms, then let's make sure we have this on our platform so that you know, we're getting the most usage and the most, you know, visibility, you know, of our platform by our users. So, you know, I think it's, it's a little bit of a seesaw. People are on one side or the other, but I think it's, I think anytime, you know, a platform can utilize a feature that's going to get people to use it more, it's a good thing. So yeah, def- definitely one thing I wanted to point out. Yeah. Those Twitter fleets. I was like, here we yeah. go. Yeah. You know, I think people were freaking out about it at first, but now it's either you're using it or you're not. That's what it really comes down to. Um, and then I guess kind of like that negativity mindset, um, what are common mistakes that you see regarding social media strategy? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest mistakes is that people look to hit their KPIs too fast. And usually the KPI they, that they want, you know, are followers. Um, and, you know, what I see happen a lot in, in strategy is that people actually get off track of what their initial strategy is, you know, which is building an audience and building loyal and engaged, you know, a community on social, providing them content that they truly need and find value in. It, it solves a pain point for them, or, you know, it's something that educates them or inspires them. You know, when they don't see that fast result, a lot of a lot of times you'll see people go to kind of like these quick fixes. And, you know, you might see success with it. Let's say you start doing more memes or more funny humor-based content or quote-unquote viral content, which I hate to use, but um, you see a lot of brands and even individuals start to go that route. And I feel like that's a a big mistake to make um, because, you know, yes, you can see success with that in in the early stages, but it's very hard to to make that sustainable long-term and scale that up. And honestly, you know, your follower number shouldn't be your be all end all, you know, and I think you got to really understand who your audience is and and develop a very valuable audience that's going to help achieve your business goals and making sure that your social and your business goals are super aligned and you're building an audience that's laddering up to that. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably one of my biggest, you know, things that I noticed 
that brands and, and even the individuals do a lot is they look for those quick home runs instead of hitting singles and, and you know, scoring that way. Now, where do you see social media marketing in the next five years, if you have any insight into that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any like secret information, but in, you know, I think within the next five years, you'll see people really figuring out what social network is made for them. You know, I think you see a little bit of that now. Um, but I think people are really going to like hone down on, hey, like I'm a TikTok user, I'm an Instagram user, you know, and, and there's a reason why. And I think it's because, and I know from a personal experience, your phone is everything to you, right? So the apps that you download on your phone take up space and they take up, you know, screen time and they, they play a role in, in your life, your everyday life. So for me being in social, obviously I have almost every social app on my phone, but for the common person, you know, you're, you're really specific about, you know, what you download and, and what's on your phone. So I think with that being considered, people are going to say, all right, like I'm using TikTok or whatever it is more than anything else. I'm not really using Snapchat anymore, because, even though it has great filters, but now the filters on, you know, Instagram are better, you know, so maybe I'll just start using those or there's great stuff on, on TikTok. So all in all, I think the next five years, you'll see people just really staying in their lane, um, you know, for the social channels that they enjoy the most. And since like this is a PR podcast, what do you think PR people can gain from understanding your perspective on social media? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there's always been an interesting dynamic between PR and social media. Um, you know, and me personally, I would love to, to see those two teams work a lot closer. I think, you know, from a social perspective, we need the support of, of PR teams because we want to amplify our content. And, you know, PR teams do a great job in working with, you know, earned media and influencers and, and all different types of ways to expand and amplify content. So, you know, I think the, the cool part about the dynamic there and the opportunity is to, you know, leverage social as a way to kind of, you know, build and understand audiences and, and test things out. And then, you know, having PR kind of be a very close companion, right hand, left-hand man or woman, um, we're working together to get to get that content pushed out and, and reaching more people and, you know, making more impact, um, you know, from a, a different perspective. So, yeah, I think the biggest thing we can learn is that, yeah, th those two teams should be working and can be working a lot closely together because we really do, you know, complement one another very much so. Lovely. And then to close, if you just want to throw out any tips for people who are interested in pursuing the social media side of marketing. Yeah, I think um, one of the one of the key tips I can give you is just do what you're do what what's most passionate to you um, when it comes to social media. You know, social media has a lot of different parts to it. There's strategy, there's community management, there's account management, there's coordination, uh, influencer marketing. Um, their brand ambassadors. There's there's a lot of a lot of facets of social media, and then obviously there's a ton of different industries that you can be in. So, you know, look at the things that you're most passionate about, whether it's sports or it's B two B or it's consumer products, beauty, fashion, you know, whatever it is, um, and really learn that audience and learn that niche and see how there's a connection between social media 
and that audience in that industry. Like do a lot of your own research and, and you know, really educate yourself and see how those, those dots connect um, and jump in there and give it and give it your all. I mean, there, there are so many resources out there and, you know, hopefully, you know, pe more people will join our, our Slack community, but jump on Twitter and, you know, jump into the conversations and just really engulf yourself into the industry that you're most passionate about around social media um, and really become a, a true pioneer um, and, and, and just jump right in there. Don't, don't be scared and, and jump right in. So Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. It was so nice for you to share your wisdom with us. Um, I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot about social media in the short time you were here. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to the next time talking. Thanks for listening. Tune in every other Wednesday for a new episode of PR Hangover. Follow us on Twitter at GV underscore PRSSA and visit GVPRSSA.com to get insights on this week's episode.